Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. I used to live in Rochester, Minnesota in the 1990s. Prior to that, I spent a lot of time in Minnesota as a child during the 1950s through the 1970s. I know Minnesota. Minnesota then was almost entirely white. White and extremely naive on racial matters. The modern descendants of the largely Scandinavian and German settlers there, with a few exceptions, totally bought into the Jewish media version of the noble black man and noble Cesar Chavez-type mestizo mythologies presented to them on their flickering, snowy TV screens. Even in the 1960s, the Jew-created white oppressor narrative was in full swing. And northern whites, like my Minnesota neighbors and relatives, were psychologically programmed to show the world how much better and more truly Christian they were than those awful, nasty, cousin-marrying, racist, trailer-trash Southern whites as portrayed by Jews on primetime TV. They thought that Abraham, Martin, and John was a great song, and that passing the endless civil rights acts and the 1965 Open Borders Immigration Act were literally moral obligations. After all, Hubert Humphrey and the Democratic Farmer Labor Party had always done the right thing by them, hadn't they? And that's what they were telling us now. So it must be true. Their local Lutheran minister said the same. I have a deep affection for these folks. But they had the political awareness of an underground invertebrate. They had no idea how, even as early as the 1960s, their own institutions had been eviscerated from within and repurposed by their deadliest enemies. You'd think that after the Somali invasion and the Hamong invasion, which were complete or well underway by the time I left, that some good sense would have been pounded into my block-headed neighbors and relatives. But, alas, not so, or at least not enough. There are some exceptions, of course, and I salute them. One inveterate letter writer to the Rochester Post Bulletin, which newspaper I'll be quoting in a moment, and which didn't hesitate to attack me as a white racist when I lived there, used the nom de guerre Norman blood in his letters and skewered the local anti-whites again and again until eventually the paper evidently refused to print any more of his works. And the race thinker and philosopher Kenneth Anderson of Affirmations is a Minnesotan. But even conceding, more like hoping, that an awakening is gradually taking place there, we have to deal with reality. 
And the reality is that the managerial stratum in Minnesota is still liberal on race to the point of verifiable mental illness. Let's go to the Rochester, Minnesota Post Bulletin of just two weeks ago for proof. Quote, A 20-year-old Rochester man will serve 180 days in jail and up to 30 years of probation in a case involving the rape of two juvenile girls in Olmsted County. Mohammed Bakari Shea, a Somali, I might add, appeared before District Judge Jacob Allen on Monday, January 30, 2023, for his sentencing hearing, where multiple family members spoke about how Shea's actions affected them. Shea was facing three different felony first-degree criminal conduct charges in two separate cases. His plea deal called for no prison time, a stay of adjudication, and the dismissal of two out of three charges. If Shea completes his probation, all charges against him will be dismissed and will not be on his criminal record. One of the juveniles in this case was around nine years old, and the other juvenile was between four and five years old at the time of the sexual assaults. There is no moving on or getting over it. I've tried, one of Shay's survivors said while fighting back tears in court Monday. She broke down and cried following her statement to the court. A family member described one of the juvenile survivors as a bubbly girl who loved to share with others. But following Shay's multiple sexual assaults, the juvenile became withdrawn and more reclusive. The family member asked Shay to take responsibility for what he's done to his victims and to their families. Someday you will have to answer for this egregious act against a child, the family member said. Shay was 15 and 16 years old at the time of the sexual assaults, and he was initially charged in juvenile court in 2019. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, his case was pushed back to the point that prosecutors would soon lose jurisdictional authority to prosecute the case. Charges were dismissed against Shea in those cases, but were soon refiled. Shea was then given a plea deal that included his stay of adjudication and no prison time in exchange for him not challenging certification in adult court, which allowed for his continued prosecution, according to Olmsted County Senior Attorney Thomas Gort. Shea entered an Alford plea in December 2022, meaning that while he does not admit guilt, he admits that a jury would convict him based on the evidence. Shea's lawyer, James McGinney, argued that the court lacked the authority to impose any jail time, as that was not the spirit of the plea agreement, and any jail sentence would be in violation of the agreement. Allen ultimately disagreed with McGinney's argument, pointing out that judges ordering stays of adjudication in drug cases routinely impose a 30-day jail sentence. 
I hope you heard what was said in this court today, Allen told Shea in court. The conduct they described and the way it affected them should be something that haunts you. With good behavior, Shea will serve at most 116 days in the Olmsted County Adult Detention Center. His jail sentence will begin February 13, 2023. Shea was also ordered to undergo a sex offender program and complete 200 hours of community service. He will not be required to register as a sex offender. According to court documents, a female juvenile reported to a Rochester police investigator in April 2020 that Shay first raped her on Mother's Day in 2018 at a Rochester residence. The juvenile would have been around nine years old on that date. Shay would have been around 16 years old. Shay told her that he would give her money for a book fair at school or buy her toys, the juvenile told police. A different juvenile told an RPD investigator in June 2021 that Shay had raped her several times at the same residence during the same time period. Shay denied to investigators that he had raped the juvenile. Close quote. So, Let's get this straight. Mohammed Bakari Shay is a Somali, which means he is of primarily Congoid ancestry and is racially a baby step above a pure-blooded Congoid. He is described by the Post Bulletin as a Rochester man. Likely, he was born there, as if that matters, since the feds have been importing Somalis into that once heavenly, pure white city, home to the Mayo Clinic, since the 1990s, more than a generation. Blacks sexually mature faster than whites. At 16, Shay was fully sexually mature. He was not a child in any meaningful sense of the word, as a white boy might be at the same age. And he was perverse, though perversity seems to be more the norm for Congoid types. And he was aggressive in his perversions. Shay told a nine-year-old girl, race never specified in media reports, that he would buy her toys in order to get her guard down. And then he repeatedly raped her. Other media sources say he raped her at least eight times. After getting away with raping the nine-year-old, he then raped a four-year-old. Again, race not disclosed and kept on raping her well past her fifth birthday. If the victims are white, this would be cause for making this a capital crime. But even if they aren't white, this creature and his ilk are still grave dangers to us. If they will treat their own kind this way, how then are they likely to treat us, who the Jewish media are inciting them to hate each and every minute of every day? It took some legal wrangling just to get Shay tried as an adult in the Rochester, Minnesota court system, and he eventually was. 
But for all the good it did, he might as well have just booked an appearance on Romper Room and been declared a don't-be for five minutes. His sentence will result in just 116 days in jail, 200 hours of community service like cleaning up in parks and playgrounds, perhaps, 30 years of probation, an expungement of his criminal record after successful completion of his sentence, so he will not have a criminal record, and he will not be required to register as a sex offender. If George Soros and the other Jews have their way and prosecutors and court officials keep getting more and more lenient on non-white crime, expect that 30 years of probation to evaporate into next to nothing. To be fair to Somalis, always one of my goals here, I have to say that they themselves know the type of draconian discipline it takes to keep their own kind under control. Witness the headline in Britain's Daily Mail newspaper, quote, Two men who gang-raped and killed a 12-year-old girl in Somalia are publicly executed by firing squad chosen by girl's father who inspected bodies to make sure they were dead, close quote. And, to be fair to the justice system, also one of my sacred goals, it is true that the recommended sentence in the guidelines for these crimes is a very lenient 12 years in prison. But the judge gave Shay 180 days, which means in Rochester that he gets out in just 116 days unless he offends in jail in some way. I think that the judge in this case, Judge Jacob Allen, an appointee of the anti-white multimillionaire Target Store's heir and then-Governor Mark Dayton, could learn a lot by spending the rest of his days in Somalia without access to any funds something which both he and Dayton richly deserve. I'm sure those indigenous, unspoiled Somalis could teach them so much. You know, there was a time not so long ago, within my living memory, that the white children of the Minnesota towns and villages where I walked were separated from the likes of non-white rapists like Shay, by hundreds and in some directions a thousand miles of decent white men, any one of which would have taken up arms and terminated with prejudice any congoid who placed his paw on a fair white shoulder with bad intent, and the placement itself would be proof of bad intent. Some will tell me, that we can't go back in time to those good old days. And they are right. Social change never, and I repeat, never goes backwards toward what is now dead, but that we might wish had never perished. It always moves forward toward a new ideal. 
The only operant question is whose ideal? We can do better than we did in the old America. We can have more than a thousand miles of decent white men between our children and the non-white haters and monsters who would despoil and destroy them. We can have a thousand miles and more of a pure white land in every direction and not just in some of white men and women and families taught from an early age and every day of their lives that racial survival and progress is the highest value, the value from which all other values flow, and for which any sacrifice is justified. The men and women of the National Alliance are working for that day. Then, and only then will our children have the chance at life and at greatness that they deserve. <laughs>